And welcome back. It is Mile High Magazine. Happy Sunday to all. This is Murphy Houston. Hope you're staying safe and avoiding the COVID, wearing a mask, washing your hands, uh, social distancing, all we need to know. Well, that's not all we need to know because March is coming and March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And I'm so pleased to have with me from the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center is Dr. Sujatha Nalaparetti. Doctor, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We're doing good. I know you specialize in gastrointestinal cancer, and I think we should just get right to it because maybe people don't know what is colorectal cancer. Yeah, so thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk over here. And March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, as you said. So we'll be talking more about colorectal cancers, which is the third most common cancer diagnosed in men and women, and the second leading cause of cancer death in men and women combined in the United States. So when we come to colorectal cancer, it's the cancer of the colon and rectum. So colon and rectum are part of the large intestines, which help absorb water and minerals. So it's a muscular tube which connects the small intestine to the anus, and um, the cancer usually arises in the lining of the colon, and it can uh, spread to other organs too, like lungs and liver once it starts. It usually starts as a small polyp, and a polyp goes into a cancer, and that's how it's diagnosed. Well, then who is who really is at risk for colon cancer, colorectal cancer? Is it men, women, a certain age group? Mm-hmm. Colorectal cancer has always been thought as a cancer, about 50 years of age. Uh, most The common age for diagnosis is uh, 58 to 60. But nowadays, we are seeing more and more young colon cancer diagnosis, too. When I mean young colon cancer, it's... Um, uh, people below 50 years of age, which we are seeing. So with all the diagnostic tools, we have seen that people age 55, the risk has dropped. The rate has dropped at 3.6% per year, while the rate of cancer for people under 50 is increasing every year by 2%. So if you look at the risk factors for the colorectal cancers, 20% of them are genetic. When I mean genetic, it means like you could have a family history of colon cancer or certain genetic syndromes, which are called like Lynch syndrome or familial adenomatous polyposis, where you have a lot of polyps and they run in the families. The other risk factors are like age, as I said, which is about 50 years of age. And the risk factors also are obesity, inactivity, and the diets mostly rich in like red meats and processed foods, uh, smoking, alcohol, and diabetes are the other risk factors which are associated with uh, colorectal cancer. Well, I I guess I want to know, because we have a lot of young people that listen, why are we seeing an increase in the young colon cancer? Why is that happening? Yeah. So uh, we all have seen, like, uh, heard of Chadwick Boseman, who is the Black Panther, who died very young with stage 4 colorectal cancer. And I think the awareness is increasing. And as I said, the rate has been gradually increasing in since early 2000s, and it's mostly the millennials where we are seeing early onset of uh, colorectal cancers. So we, the, we exactly don't know what are the contributing factors, but 
other than what I have told before. But there is also a lot of research going on all around the world to assess for the risk factors for young colorectal cancers. There is also research looking at the gut microbiome. What it means is we have like a lot of bacteria in our gut which keeps the environment safe and uh, prevents cancers. It looks like with our lifestyle changes and dietary habits, we are altering this gut bacteria which is causing also to be one of the risk factors for uh, cancer risk. And so there have been a lot of studies going all around looking at these risk factors and I encourage all uh, of us to participate if they have some research going on to look for the risk factors. Wow, that's a lot of stuff going on there. Now we know there are screening options for detecting colorectal cancer. Can you talk about the various screenings, things that can be done to help you prevent it? Yeah, so colorectal cancer is one of the few cancers which can which has a screening recommendations because not all cancers have it other than breast and colorectal cancers. So screening is a test where we can diagnose cancer early or even before it uh, develops into a cancer. So colon cancer, as I said, it starts as a polyp and then gets into the cancer. So we can prevent this by screening options. There are two types of screening tests. One is like non-invasive screening or invasive screening tests. If we look at non-invasive screening tests, we have stool test looking for blood, which is called stool guaiac test. The other test, which is done yearly, um, if it's positive, then you definitely need to get a colonoscopy. The next test, which which we are hearing very common nowadays at our primary care offices, is called Cologuard test, which is also called fecal immunochemical test. So what this test is looking at is looking at blood in the stool as well as it's looking at uh, some tumor DNA, like the cancer cells secrete all these small particles of DNA, and which, if it's positive in this Cologuard test, it's telling us that you need definitely further evaluation with the colonoscopy. So this is a non-invasive test which has been approved by U.S. PS Preventive Task Force, even for patients starting at age 45. I see. And then we have the other test, colonoscopy and sigmoidoscopy, which is where you're looking into your colon and rectum with a, a tube, with a, uh, a, with, with a bulb at the end, looking for polyps or cancers. There is also, last but not least, one more test, which is a CAT scan colonography, which is also non-invasive. You don't need to do the preparation, but if it's positive, then you definitely need colonoscopy. People have this notion that colonoscopy is a lot of preparation and it's uh, too much to do, but nowadays there have been a lot of newer variants where the preparation is not intensive and it's not too cumbersome to do the to do the prep for colonoscopy. I see. That's good news there, I guess. Talk Talking with Dr. Sujatha Nalaparetti, who is a specializes in gastrointestinal cancer over at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. And doctor, I'm curious, what are the common signs and symptoms maybe for colon cancer that people might have and don't even know it? 
Yeah, so the most common symptoms which you should not ignore are bleeding from the rectum or pain in the rectal area. Most of the young patients also ignore thinking that it's mostly hemorrhoids, but never ignore it. So bleeding, pain in the rectal area, constipation alternating with diarrhea, or feeling of the fullness even after having a bowel movement are the most common symptoms. If you look at the blood work, the only thing would be anemia. If you're iron deficient anemia, that's something which you need to work up to make sure you're not bleeding through the intestines. So those are the most common symptoms. And usually that is probably followed up by one of the screenings that you just mentioned, correct? Exactly. So well, beware of that. So what are my colorectal cancer, cancer treatment options? What can I be treated for? Yeah, so the treatment options depend on the age of the cancer, stage of the cancer where it's diagnosed. For early stage cancers like stage 1, two and three, it's mostly surgery, the treatment of uh, treatment option. And for rectal cancers, we also add radiation to the surgery for early stage cancers. So if it's stage one, you just need surgery and you're 95% cured. For stage two, there are certain features. We look to see if you're high risk. We give chemotherapy for three to six months. For stage three, usually surgery is followed by chemotherapy. And nowadays, there are a lot of newer studies looking to see how much chemotherapy you need. Is three months enough or do you have to do six months? There are also new data which showed up showing that you look at circulating tumor DNA. So in your blood, you check for DNA from the cancer cells, which tells us, like, is um, do they need more chemotherapy or do, can they get off without chemotherapy? So for early stages, it's mainly surgery followed by chemotherapy if needed. And for stage four, it's mostly surgery, not the option, unless your tumor is obstructed. It's mostly chemotherapy or systemic therapy is what we use for stage four. Um, we also have immunotherapy and targeted therapies, which are the newer form of therapies. Like for stage four cancers in early 2000s, we had only three drugs which we were using. But then we had almost nine targeted therapies which have been approved for colorectal cancer. In the last year, we had almost four drugs which have been approved. So we use the, com and also we have two immunotherapy drugs which have been approved too in the last year. So we use the combination of these treatments, um, chemo, immuno, and targeted therapies to help improve the survival for colorectal cancer patients. So we also do what's called um, genomic testing, which is looking for genetic genomic profile of your tumor DNA, looking for some gene mutation. Oh. And we also, this helps us personalize therapy for the patients. Like immunotherapy in colon cancer is helpful only to a 15% of patients who have what's called microsatellite instable or MMR deficient tumors. So that way we have these genes and we targets which target the specific genes. I see, I so, see. 
Yeah, we also use other therapies like liver directed therapies uh, and also um, even for stage four, sometimes we can cure patients if they have only one area of metastases or spread of the cancer. That's good so it's news. It's exciting where we are trying to get personalized therapies for our cancer patients, and we are seeing more and more stage four cancer patients getting to five and six years. Oh, that's great. Before I let you go, I guess the big question people might want to know, what can I do to reduce my risk? of developing colon cancers. Yeah, so as I said, colon cancer is preventable and uh, if you get screened early, and also you can uh, make lifestyle changes. Uh, The main lifestyle changes as for any other cancer, it would be exercise, diet, avoiding processed foods, and trying to decrease the amount of red meat um, to servings, like maybe two to three servings a week. There have been also studies looking at vitamin D, and having normal vitamin D levels have shown to uh, decrease the risk of colorectal cancers. And also having comorbidities like diabetes uh, well-controlled would be the other thing. For patients who already have diagnosis of colorectal cancer, like early stage cancer patients, also want to do the things like exercise, uh, which has shown like 30 minutes of exercise for five days a week, um, healthy living habits, as I said, increasing the servings of fruits and vegetables. And also studies have shown like baby aspirin, like 81 milligram of aspirin, has shown to prevent polyps in patients and and vitamin D as I mentioned, and there were also some studies looking even at like coffee intake, like does coffee also help like uh, in the uh, decreasing the risk for colorectal cancers? And it's not definitive, but there is some association saying that uh, people who consume coffee also have some better decreased recurrence rate for the colorectal cancer. Well, that's good news. I drink coffee. That should help me a little bit, huh? Uh, at least some uh, some part of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, Dr. Uh, Sujatha Nalaparetti over at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, keep up your good work. March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and I think after our discussion today, we're pretty aware. Thank you for your time today. Yep, thank you very much for the opportunity. Too. Yeah, absolutely. A good awareness program there for all of you out there. Now, don't go away. Mile High Magazine will continue. We'll be right back. I'm Murphy Houston.